Hey everyone, welcome to the Two Quarterbacks, One Team Fantasy Football Podcast, now on FakesPigskin.com. I'm Josh Berger, joined as always with Josh Lake, and today we're going to be talking a bit about our rankings for quarterbacks in this upcoming season, particularly in the QB2 range, so QBs 11 through 20, and then how you go from a blank sheet of paper to getting your full rankings ready for your fantasy football draft. So with that all in mind, Lake, how are you doing today? Doing really well. It's good to get things rolling. It's our second podcast in a week, so it's starting to feel like football season, and we've got some two quarterback mock drafts going, so it really feels like redraft season is happening when you're actually drafting and thinking about who you want this season. Yeah, I mean, the drafts, particularly the mock drafts, have been a whole lot of fun so far, and some interesting surprises have come up of those. And uh, for those of you that are on Twitter, you can always look at those, kind of hear some more information, some details on those mock drafts, or if you want to be in a mock draft, a lot of times we'll ask some of our followers to be a part of that with us. And you can follow us at Burger2QBs and at Lake2QBs for that kind of information. Now, Lake, before we get started looking at the actual mock drafts, let's start with just how do you get from blank sheet of paper to actually getting your rankings, your own personalized rankings for your draft. What do you like to do? Uh, at least for me, it seems like it's real easy to go from a blank sheet of paper to the top two or five guys, depending on the year, because we all kind of know who the elite quarterbacks are. So this year, really easy to get Rodgers and Luck down on a sheet of paper in some order, either Luck, Rodgers, Rodgers, Luck. But then, for at least for me, after that's where you really need to have some idea of how you're going to go about the rest of the guys, because you look at Russell Wilson, Peyton Manning, Drew Brees, Cam Newton. It's kind of like, where do we put these guys? How do I shuffle them? And that's where it starts getting a little more sticky is after the really elite guys is kind of knowing what approach you want to have and having a process. And I feel like you and I each have our own. So for you, what do you start with as far as do you go to last year's? Do you go to someone else's rankings? Like, What do you start with from the very beginning? In general, I kind of start from my own rankings from the year before and continue to kind of roll out from that. I look at that combined with last year's end results, but what I do is I actually take the end results from the first about 14 weeks of the season with any big asterisks for anyone that missed. The reason why I do that is because so many quarterbacks end up not playing the last week or two or injuries start to take too big of a toll at the end. You also have some guys where the defense wasn't showing up because they were about to make it into the playoffs week 16, 17, those kinds of factors. So for me, I'm looking almost completely at the actual fantasy football season and the results from last year with that combined with my rankings. And so from that, I start to get a pretty decent feel for who the super elite guys are, the easy ones, as well as any guys that may have actually done pretty well in the season, but their fantasy values are going to look a little bit different just because they sat out the last week or whatnot. Yeah, I I think that's similar to how I would go about it. I'll say what I typically will do is um, pull up the previous two seasons finishes, and that gives me a starting point. Uh, it's not a finishing point because obviously you get things like two years ago, Andy Dalton being in the top five. If you get right. um, some very, for me, Carson Palmer being very far down because of injury, um, even though I think he should be higher. So it's not, I don't just copy paste the last few years onto things, but it gives me a starting point for saying, okay, if these were the last couple of years of finishes, I want to know why I would change that. So if I'm going to, drop Tom Brady lower than he had been finishing, why would I do that? Is there a statistical reason? Is it a narrative reason? 
and it gives me kind of a starting point for deciding what changes to make. Yeah. And it seems like one of the biggest reasons why you would do the past two years is to try to take out some of the uh, emotion, you know, because it's really easy to rank guys that whose team did really well, like Russell Wilson, even higher than he might need to go at fantasy football. It didn't really match that up. Or Peyton Manning, for example, has been kind of dropping on a lot of people's rankings, it seems, just because of his injury and kind of struggling at the end of last year. Is that kind of what you're trying to do with that, Lake? Yeah, I think essentially so. If you take just one season before, you can get a lot more um, fluke stats. You can get a lot more of just random things. Like you said, that it's a smaller sample size, so if you expand out to two or three previous seasons, it gives you a better idea. Uh, but there are major changes. If you look at, um, obviously, rookies or people that were quarterbacks that were rookies last season are going to only have one year of data. Um, anyone who's had a huge transition in their receiving weapons. So this year, Geno Smith now has Brandon Marshall, um, now has a new coach. That's not something that's going to be taken into account in the past few years. Um, or you look at Matthew Stafford, who last season was his first with Golden Tate. So two years ago wouldn't be exactly the same offense. There's a different coordinator and coach as well. So, I try to have a larger range of stats just so that you kind of take some of that out and say, okay, what range can these quarterbacks fall in? Um, but like I said, that's kind of just a starting point for me. I don't think it's the end all by any means. Right. Well, and it's one of those things, the more complicated and the more detailed you get, the more unwieldy it becomes. And sometimes you can actually kind of end up doing more harm than good whenever you get too detailed. So I think what you're trying to describe is a really good overview. And the biggest thing I'd say where you and I kind of differentiate is because really quick for me, I start to start doing tiers. And so with different tiers is where I try to kind of lump quarterbacks into a group and say, okay, these all are worth about the same to me as far as drafting goes. And particularly if I'm doing a snake draft, that means I'm really trying to grab the guys on the low end of my tier because I feel like they're about the same value as the guy at the top. Yeah, and I, I do think it's very helpful. I always like looking at your tiers, um, especially for deciding who to draft. If I'm in a mock draft or a real draft, just to see, do I think I'll get someone in that same tier? Um, but like you and I were talking about off-air, it hasn't really been part of how I create the rankings, although in the back of my mind I am kind of saying these guys are similar, but then there's a drop-off. And so I do think it's helpful to see. Um, I always appreciate looking at yours and saying, okay, here's where he sees the cutoffs. Do I see it being at any different point? Right. So like last year, for example, one of the big things I was pushing for was that there were only two or three elite quarterbacks. And then the next 15 to 16 quarterbacks were all really about the same in my perception as far as what I was willing to pay for them. It worked out pretty well. This year, I feel like it's actually kind of shifted a little bit to where quarterbacks, there's a lot more of the super elite quarterbacks meaning Aaron Rodgers, Andrew Luck, Russell Wilson, and Peyton Manning are the guys that are absolute locks in the fantasy football world. And then after that, it starts to kind of become two little tiers as well, all the way down to guys that I would consider to still be good, like Jay Cutler, Andy Dalton, and Sam Bradford being in the next kind of two-step tier. Like, what are you seeing as far as kind of values when it comes to quarterbacks? Yeah, I think it's similar to the last couple of seasons where because of how pass-heavy the NFL is, there's a lot of depth at the quarterback position that you can absolutely wait and still get someone that will put up good numbers the majority of weeks and that you can definitely play as a matchup play at a very minimum. Um, but I'm with you that there is a very definite elite um, 
for me, I I would split it and say that Aaron Rodgers and Andrew Luck are in their own tier. I'd be willing to pay more in an auction or draft them more highly in a draft than I would the next group. Um, like, for instance, in the mocks that you and I are doing, um, I had to pre-draft because I wasn't sure I was going to be around when the draft started. And for me, it's those two quarterbacks to lead off things right now, followed by a whole lot of running backs before I get to a third quarterback in my own rankings. And so for me, that's kind of one point where this early in the season, I th- or in the offseason, I think you and I disagree, is I would say Wilson and, and Peyton fall a little farther. I would say there's a huge tier after Rodgers and Luck. Um, but obviously I have to couch that by saying we're very, very early in the off season. Um, there's going to be a lot more um, studying of the numbers and getting news reports as things go on. Um, but initially I see Rodgers and Luck as a, a head and shoulders above the next group of quarterbacks. Right. And obviously we're talking about the top four guys in the NFL. We love all of them. I'd be curious as to the reason why Wilson is so much lower when they just gave him a huge offensive weapon, a receiver nonetheless, which is something he's never had, and yet he still finished number three in the NFL on fantasy points last year. Is that just kind of more because of the boom or bust nature of him being a running quarterback? Yeah, I, I don't think that he's as reliable this season as Aaron Rodgers and Andrew Luck, largely because of how... Um, dependent he was on his rushing ability. I don't have the exact stat in front of me, but a very high percentage of his fantasy points came from rushing last season. Um, just last season, let's see if I can... It was 849 yards and six touchdowns yeah. that he had last year. So I agree with you that that was there you go. incredible, not to mention uh, the fact that it really kind of upped his boom nature. But I, I have a hard time believing that he'll run much less than 500 yards, so... And a lot of that will be made up throwing to Jimmy Graham, in my opinion. Right, and I I definitely think that the addition of Jimmy Graham should be a good thing for that offense, adding a large weapon. Um, But it could be the difference between um, six-point rushing touchdowns and four-point passing touchdowns. I also don't think that he's likely to hit that 850 yards rushing again. And we saw that he has, compared to the other elite guys, if you look at Rodgers and Luck, Wilson gets far fewer points through the air, which is a more reliable year-to-year stat. Um, We've seen recently with rushing quarterbacks, um, the Cam Newton especially, that it can decrease year-to-year. And so I don't think it's as reliable. I'm not willing to trust Wilson quite as much as I am the elite passers, even though I still, like you said, we're talking about the very top guys in the NFL. Um, I wouldn't be passing on Wilson just saying I hate this guy. But I'm not willing to say he's quite in the same tier as the guys who are going to be throwing for um, 30, possibly 40 touchdowns. And I can see that. And we'll definitely be talking a lot more about these guys. Because we want to transition a little bit to talking about kind of the QB2 range, let's go ahead and do that. You can read and hear about the top four guys anywhere on the internet. But let's talk some more about the guys that are in kind of that QB11 to QB20 range. Like, based on the drafts we've done, what are you kind of noticing as far as the ADP for who's getting drafted in that QB2 range? One thing that surprised me um, is the absolute love so far for Teddy Bridgewater. We have had, um, we only have four mocks of data so far, but um, right now Bridgewater is the 11th quarterback off the board uh, on average. Which is insane. And that's, it really is insane. For a quarterback that did fine last year and showed some promise and definitely improved the second half of the season, 
Um, but to say he is right up against the the top um, top QB ones of the world is a huge projection because that's not what he was doing last season. And even if you look, so one of the major sites that's been hyping him is ESPN. They've been saying he's one of the biggest um, candidates for improvement this season. But even still, they have him in the low double digits in their quarterback ranking. So I think partially what we have is early in the offseason, people are just thinking hype, thinking upside, and they're not really sitting down and thinking about what they would do in a real draft. But it really is a telling sign that the Teddy Bridgewater love is very, very real. Yeah, I I'm agree that, you know, getting some of the offensive weapons a little bit better under that offensive scheme with will help. But I was that was the biggest thing that stood out to me was how much Bridgewater has continued to just get all this absurd hype. Personally, Lake, I have him as a very low-end QB2, and I think you have him about the same place as well, kind of that QB18 to 20 range. Does that seem like a better fit in your opinion? Yeah, as of right now, that's where I have him. Is I think that you could feel comfortable drafting him as a QB2 if you're waiting till later. So another 14, 15 quarterbacks have been drafted because I do think there's upside. I think he could have some top 10 finishes this season. Like you said, the offensive system with North Turner is real promising. They added Mike Wallace. Kyle Rudolph looks to be healthy. Adrian Peterson should come back and take some pressure off. So there's lots of reasons to like him, but I would feel much more safe taking a second-year quarterback um, with his previous year statistics if I was getting him later in the run of quarterbacks rather than having to pay a near top 10 price for him. Um, yeah. What's your take on what to expect from him this season? I think his high end is kind of a, a high level QB two. So maybe he actually does finish QB 11 or 12. But when you're talking about rankings, you're looking at guys that could be anywhere up into the QB one range very well. Like, a guy like Ben Roethlisberger or Tony Romo, whenever you're looking around there, even Eli Manning, who was incredible, especially the second half of last season. Those are the guys I'm looking for at QB 11, not someone that I believe the highest best case scenario ends up being there. Another guy that was a surprise for me whenever we looked at the ADP was just how much Tom Brady's value has plummeted. Now he is suspended for four games at the beginning of this season. And that does affect things, but I mean, he's, going as a mid to low range QB two, Did that surprise you as well, Lake? Yeah, I, I was right there with you. It is surprising that he's currently QB 16 in our, our two quarterback mocks. And some of that is, I would say most of that is probably due to the four game suspension. Uh, we're recording this very early in the week. Later this week, he has his appeal. So it's possible in the next couple of weeks, we get news that the suspension is reduced. Um, but it has to be due to that. We saw that Brady, um, you and I both were very down on Brady during the first part of the season. A lot of the national media and fans were as well, calling for him to be benched. Um, but he came back, and especially as Gronk got healthy, he had elite numbers over the rest of the season. And so there's no way that we could say QB 16 is based on his talent or his potential this year. It has to be a reduction for the suspension, but say the four game suspension stands. So I don't think it will, but say that it does, he's only going to play 12 games and probably more like 10 that are going to be in the fantasy season. How much would you reduce him in your rank or lower him in your rankings if the four game suspension stands? So for me, Tom Brady will end up dropping about six or seven spots, presuming that the four game suspension stands as is. 
What that means is originally I would have had him before the suspension happened around QB 6 or 7, and right now he's at about QB 12 or 13 for me, kind of right in between Matthew Stafford and Eli Manning, that range for me. What about for you, Lake? Yeah, so I I think there definitely has to be some reduction. I'm not going to do it quite so drastically. Um, Drastic's the wrong word. I don't mean it as a negative. Um, I I would still have him as a top 10 quarterback, just barely, because I do think that even missing four games, he's going to put up some really ridiculous, especially if he sits out for four games, he's going to come back as angry Tom and be throwing all over everyone. And we've seen that the Patriots are willing to just spite people and put up 40 points um, just because they're frustrated. And I think that if you take Brady as a, a top 10 quarterback, you just have to adjust your 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 plan, and you have to know that you're taking a third quarterback a lot sooner than you otherwise would. But I think that you could have a very strong team if you take Brady as, say, the 10th quarterback off the board and then just plan to pick up an Andy Dalton or something like that later in the draft. Would you potentially want to, in a 2QB league, go ahead and pick up Jimmy Garoppolo as kind of your QB3, so to speak, if you own Tom Brady? Is, he, is Jimmy the must-own handcuff to Tom Brady? I don't think so. Not for me. I, I do think he's very intriguing and would be someone that if I had Brady, I would be looking for, but not as um, QB3. I'd want him as the QB4 on my team. There's no way I would be wanting to be stuck with him starting week one. I would want to see how he looks out of the gates. Um, granted, um, New England's going to be playing the Steelers, who were not a great defense last year, but I want to see how he looks. Um, especially what I'd be looking at is New England starts off uh, playing Pittsburgh, Buffalo, and then Jacksonville. Okay. Um, I'd want to see how the Pittsburgh game goes. Buffalo has got a very strong defense this season, it looks. And so really I'd be looking at Jimmy for week three against Jacksonville. Um, so I would be wanting to pick a different QB three that I could trust more in the first couple of weeks so that I see exactly what Jimmy Garoppolo looks like. I wouldn't have to roll the dice. I wouldn't want to roll the dice with him week one, just blind seeing how he looks. Yeah. And I think that's a great point, particularly when you look at the defenses that even though Jimmy Garoppolo is going to have some awesome targets to throw to, and his points may end up being okay. You're not going to trust him with your first two weeks of the fantasy season. I tend to agree. I have Jimmy Garoppolo even for those first few weeks ranked well outside my top 20, but he is a guy that is going to be intriguing to watch. And if I had a free roster spot, then I'd want to take him. I think the biggest reason why Brady is significantly lower for me than for you, Lake, is because there are so many guys that are going to kind of come out of the woodwork, guys that almost no one sees coming in the first week or two of the fantasy football season that you're going to want to pick up off the waiver wire. And whenever you have someone that's suspended, like Tom Brady for four games that you have to hold on to. That's a roster spot that is incredibly value, especially in those first two weeks of the season when all these guys are going to kind of boom out of nowhere. And so for me, that is enough, that potential to get someone that really will shine like a Julius Thomas um, or in the years past Victor Cruz. Those are the guys that chance is going to be what's going to make me want to move Brady down a little bit just because of the cost that it is to do that. Yeah, it'll hold an extra roster spot. I can understand that. Um, In the ADP, we've been seeing, other than Brady, who it's kind of a suspension issue, is there anyone else that stands out to you as maybe falling too far in these early mocks, just not for a suspension-related reason? Ryan Tannehill, without question. This is a guy that finished in the top 10, and yet, at least according to the ADP for 2QB format, he's around QB 14, even QB 15. 
in the drafts that we're seeing. To me, that's just a little bit ridiculous. I have really been impressed with the way that Miami has continued to put some weapons around Ryan Tannehill. This is a young team that does have a lot of potential, and I think that they'll end up actually doing pretty well this season. I think Tannehill, I don't think he'll finish as uh, mid-range QB1, but I think he could very well repeat being QB8 or 9 for this next year. Yeah, I I really have liked his improvement. I really like what the team is doing on offense as they've changed the scheme. I think the biggest question for me is what that offense looks like now that their weapons have changed a lot with Wallace gone and additions of Kenny Stills, Devontae Parker, um, a new tight end. I I really want to see what exactly it looks like. I, I'm with you. I think the talent is there. I think he's definitely been improving his game and his understanding of defenses and his ability to find gaps in them. Um, I I absolutely think that he is a great target this year. And I don't think that it's going to stay as low as 14 or 15, to your point. I do think he'll keep rising. I know that in, in one quarterback drafts, like the best ball, MFL 10s, he's actually risen from about 15th up to about 10th or 11th um, over the course of the offseason. And I would expect we'll see the same thing in two quarterback leagues as the drafts get closer and closer to the real thing. And I hope you're wrong on that because I really want to be able to get him at that QB 14 range because that'll be a really <laughs> great value for my fantasy football teams. But it's a fair point for sure. Let's talk about one more guy like on these top 20. The ADP right now of Jameis Winston is QB 18. Is that about the right spot for him or would you actually have him a little bit lower? It seems a bit high for a rookie in my opinion. I agree. I think it's awfully bold to – well, that's – not, that's too strong. I don't think it's awfully bold. I think it's higher than I would be drafting him, and I think I'm unlikely to have Winston in too many leagues because I would expect that is about where he, he gets drafted. Um, for me, I do want to be a little more cautious when it comes to a rookie quarterback. Granted, he has good weapons. Granted, um, people that I trust their analysis say he's coming in fairly ready um, to be an NFL quarterback. I like the reports out of camp so far that he's doing all the right things. Um, but I don't want to have to rely on a rookie quarterback as my QB2. I would rather have someone that's more trustworthy. Guys after him, Andy Dalton, Colin Kaepernick, who I don't even love this year, Alex Smith. Um, I don't know that I want to take Winston unless my plan was to get Winston and almost immediately thereafter follow him up with another trustworthy QB2. Um, but I do think that Winston should fall a little further. You should probably be looking at a little more of the trustworthy guys. Um, but like I said, a lot of people disagree and think he has great upside even this year. Um, where do you stand on Winston? Do you like that upside, or are you also wanting to be cautious? I'm definitely wanting to be cautious. I think, from my perception, there's been one year where rookie quarterbacks really ended up shining, and that was when Andrew Luck came in, RG3, we had Russell Wilson. I mean, that was an incredible year, one for the history books for sure. And ever since then, it has felt like there's continued to be this kind of youthful optimism about all these rookies, and it's just seemed unrealistic. I mean, in between guys like Geno Smith that were very disappointing last year, obviously guys like Johnny Manziel, uh, Johnny Manziel from last year, that is, just a huge bust. I think that Jameis Winston will end up being a little bit better than those guys, but not enough to where I'm going to draft him over a Joe Flacco or Phillip Rivers, Cutler, even Dalton, those kind of guys. I'm, it's just not worth it. I've never seen him play in the NFL, and it is a different game. Yeah, I, I, I do think that that's right, is that we are spoiled when you have the Andrew Lux and 
RG3s come in and they make you think, oh, wow, we should have rookie quarterbacks immediately jumping into fantasy greatness. Um, but to your point, looking at last the last few seasons, um, just how rookies have done, um, just looking at fantasy points per game, so not total over the course of the season, but just per game, and this is, I'm looking at fftoday.com, their stats. Um, last year, Teddy Bridgewater was 28th in fantasy points per game, right. and he did have a good season. People love him, but 28th. Um, Blake Bortles, 32nd. Derek Carr, 34th. Um, the year before that, like you're talking about, we have to go much further to look at the rookies, and it, we know that it was a very up-and-down um, season for E.J. Manuel, who was 28th. Geno Smith was 33rd. Um, and it's just no given thing that we're going to get top 20 numbers on a weekly basis. There may be good and there may be bad, but I don't think you could just throw a rookie out there as your QB2 and say, cool, I could trust him all season. I think you need to know you'll be doing a little more matchup playing if you go with a rookie. Right, and one of the biggest things that you have to think about is how are those first few weeks going to go whenever there is potential for trades, people are still kind of trying to feel out their own rosters, and there may even be some options on the waiver wire. If you have a guy like a rookie, you're going to feel like there's a good chance you feel like you need to stick with him in order to kind of help go through the growing pains. If it's another quarterback, you'll know much more quickly, in my opinion, what you have and kind of what you need to do from there. Yeah, and I think that's definitely true, that I have no problem rostering these rookies. And I, I will say that playing devil's advocate, since we're both cautious on rookies, Winston does have arguably the best receiving core out of any of those rookies I just named, that throwing to Mike Evans and Vincent Jackson is great for any quarterback, but especially a young one, because they're so tall, they're great, talented receivers. So I'm not saying that he can't do well, but I wouldn't want to be relying on him and saying week one, I know I'm going to go ahead and start him. So I, I think we're kind of generally in agreement with how to approach him this season. Right. Yeah, it'll be fun to see. And as an Aggie, I hope that uh, Mike Evans ends up getting a lot of touchdowns thrown by James Winston, but he's not going to be on too many of my teams unless something really surprises me. Any other things you want to say as we kind of wrap things up today? Like, we've talked a little bit about the top QB2 range. Any other guys you want to highlight? Um, I will say that I am seeing in our ADP that it's consistent with um, what I thought would happen, that Carson Palmer is being underrated, that he is falling outside the top 20, and I absolutely don't think that should be the case. Now, you and I will disagree some. I was hyping Carson Palmer in years past, and the the only worry I can see is injury. When you blow out your knee twice, obviously that's a concern, and he is older. But he has been a very strong option when he's been healthy. They have great, uh, great offense. They have great receiving options. Um, he's shown that he can be a great quarterback um, when he's playing. And I think that just an injury risk is too big a discount to be letting him fall so far. Um, so I do think there's a potential for value there as a QB2 or even 3, depending on the draft. And I would expect that if he stays healthy through the offseason, that'll probably rise. But if you're drafting early for any reason, he's a guy that I think you can get pretty late and get great value out of. Right. And that's a good point. The other side of it, though, is that the defenses he was playing against when he did well were the Redskins, the Raiders, the Eagles, and the Cowboys. Not exactly the best defenses last year by any stretch of the imagination. And he did well, you know, averaging 17 points a game. But that is kind of the one counter-argument is he's not going to be playing, I don't believe, any of those teams this year. And so that could end up decreasing his value a bit. And then you factor in the injury risk. 
I agree that he's being outside of the 20 QB 20 range is absurd, but that is something to consider whenever we look at these really high QB numbers is he was playing against some defenses that were pretty miserable. No, and that's that's a good point, that if he's healthy, he'll have six games against Seahawks, 49ers, and Rams this year. And yeah. Those are definitely, historically, not easy defenses to go against for a quarterback. Definitely not. Well, everyone, thank you all for listening in. That's all we have for today. As always, you can follow us on Twitter, at Lake2QBs and at Burger2QBs. Tweet us any questions you have or comments, and we'll also be continuing to come out with more podcasts on a more regular basis, and our rankings will be coming out. You can also go on fakepickskin.com in order to look at our free draft guide that is going to be coming out, and that's going to be something really incredible. And uh, other than that, we look forward to you listening in next time. Have a good one.